Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Kings, chapter 17. That is Malachim Aleph, Perak Yud Zion. And we are now up to the um, verse 8, where we are going to continue reading the story of Eliyahu, Elijah, the prophet, as he had an argument with Ahab, with Ahab, about the proper approach to dealing with drought. And uh, if you remember uh, my description, and I strongly recommend that you listen to 17a before listening to 17b, as I describe this deep difference of opinion between Ahab and Eliyahu. Ahab believed to deal with drought. We bring in a drought god, a rain god, Baal, and we change our worship to worshiping him, and he will bring us rain. The arrogance of believing that a human can control the gods is the arrogance of one who believes in a pagan god. However, one who believes in a monotheistic god, a god that created the entire universe, a one god, a, a god of unity, understands that the way to deal with drought is by fulfilling God's word and living the kind of life that God commanded, which is a life of generosity, a life of working together, a life where one has to be humble and learn to be dependent, that sometimes one can be and needs to be dependent upon the goodwill of others. As Elio continues to learn this lesson in an even deeper way, and this, this um, episode we're going to read is often usually understood to be referring to a miracle, but I am going to show you that, that the uh, deeply embedded within the Jewish tradition is the school of rationalist thought who understands these things to not be miracles, and I'm going to bring solid sources to that effect, as you shall see in a moment. And the word of God to him was as follows. Now that he could no longer rely upon the merchants, now that he could no longer rely upon the water coming from the spring, now he, something else is going to be next. As the people are more poor, the people have even less. Kum lech Tsarfata, I need you to go to Tsarfata, Sherle Tzidon, which is near <coughs> Sidon, which is near Tzidon. Biyashavta Sham, and I want you to live there. I have over there commanded that there will be a widowed woman to, to uh, support you, to feed you. A widowed woman is the, in those days especially, but all the time, is the epitome of someone who has not the support of her husband in those days. That meant she would be destitute. And in a time of drought, in a time of famine and hunger, could you only imagine how awful and terrible her situation would have been? Remember, I already quoted to you the Rambam in Mornevuchim, who clearly states that when God says, here, Tzivisi Sham, he doesn't mean that I commanded that a miracle should happen, that you should happen to meet this woman. But it means that, the, that, that God as responsible for all of the goings-on in this world, God that set up the world the way it is in such a way that when there is a famine, when there is a hunger, when one goes to a place where people are starving, one will find a widow, a poor widow who has almost nothing to eat. And one may have to rely even on her generosity, even in the generosity of a person in such terrible straits, from this one can learn the most deep and most important lessons of life, 
on how to get through the worst, worst, worst of times. If a little, if a, if a widow, a poor widow could do it and she could still help, then you can imagine what the people can do together when they work together. So he got up from where he was at Nahal Kirit and he went to Tzorfata, Tzorfat. He came to the entranceway of the city. And behold, there there was There was a widowed woman who was gathering wood. And he called out to her and he said, Can you please take for me a little bit of water with your keli, with your vessel that you have, and let me have to drink? If this is a time of drought, water is hard to come by. It's a precious commodity. <coughs> Eliyahu has to ask her for help, has to ask her for water. Imagine the incredible humility, the lesson that Eliyahu has to li- li- leave, to, to learn. From, from li- living at the table of the king, he now has to go and beg a little bit of water from an impoverished widow. And she went to take him some water. So here she goes ahead and gives him water. No questions asked. Of course, this is reminiscent. And the commentaries, of course, point out how this reminds us of the story of, of, of Rebecca at the well. Um, but, uh, but, but something to think about. And he called out to her and he said, um, Could you take a little bit for me, some of that bread in your hand, and let me have some of that bread to eat? So here he is begging of the poorest person, and she says to him, as the Lord your God lives, and it, 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 the commentaries all point out, and it's obvious from these words that clearly it was noticeable that he was a man of God. It was clearly somehow she was able to see that, whether it was in the manner of his dress, the manner of his speech, or maybe he was just known who he was. But either way, regardless, it is clear that he was a representative of God. He was a man of God. So she says, as God, your God lives, if I even have any more than just a little um, um, uh, 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 a little um, a cookie or a cracker all I have is a, one handful of, of flour in my in my um, jar and all I have is a tiny little bit of oil in a little jug I'm just gathering two pieces of wood so that I can make a little fire so that I can make with that oil and that flour for me and for my son something to eat and then we'll eat it and we will die in other words we're about to die of starvation this is all I have left and you're asking me to share this is of course reasonable for someone to say that I'll get you some water I can find some water and I have a vessel here but to give you food I, I have nothing so here Elio has to still He's, he has no choice. And of course, the people wonder, well, how is it that God commanded Astelio to ask from someone that is so poor and so destitute for help? And the understanding, the reason is because Elio needs to learn this lesson of humility. And he, needs to, and he also needs to give some courage and encouragement to this woman who's here, this woman who's standing here who's desperate. And he has to tell her, you got to this point and you still have a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil left by Omer Eliyahu and Eliyahu the prophet says to the woman Altiri don't be afraid 
you're afraid and you're saying you have, you're left, you're exhausted, you have nothing left, you're just going to eat this little bit of food and then die of starvation, you won't die of starvation. You have that small jug of flour, you have that small jug of oil, it has helped you, you have had a little bit in there to, until now, you will always have a little bit in there. Do as you have stated. Go ahead and make that food for you and your son. But do a favor for me too. Give me a little bit uga, just a small kitana, a small little cracker, a small little cake. But Rishona, first vote safely and give that to me. And then make food for you and your child. In other words, Elio is saying, share with me, share a little bit of food, and then you will... Um, you will, uh, uh, and then feed yourselves. It's 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 jarring that Elio asks her to do this, but Elio is trying to tell her if you have faith, you will be able to make it through this time. I'm going to read to you an explanation from the Medrash Tanhuma, which un so that we understand what exactly it is that Elio is telling her. But let's re read this next two verses for just a minute. The next three verses. Because this is what God says. The jug of flour, I'm sorry, the jar of flour will never be out of flour. You'll always be able to find something. You keep searching, you keep finding, you'll be able to have flour in your jug. And the little jug of oil will not never be missing. And this way you'll make it through all the way until the time when the rains come back, when God brings rain back again, you'll be able to make it. You've made it this far. Hang in there. Keep sharing, keep being kind to each other, keep working together, and you will always have something. You made it this far, you will always have something. Many understand this to be a miracle that, that the, there will always be flour in the jar, that, they, that it was just, will always be full. The Medrash Tanchuma understands it very differently. Before I read that Medrash to you, let me read two more verses. She went and she did like Elio who said, And then he and her, and, and her family, meaning her son, and Eliyahu and the prophet were able to eat for many days after that, presumably, of course, until the end of the famine. Her, her jar of her flour never was empty. She always had something, and the jug of, of oil did not uh, become missing. Like the word of God that he had said in the, in the, to, to Elio, to Elijah the prophet. Now, let me read to you that Medrash Tanchuma so that you understand how this is properly read according to uh, Chazal, right? How this is read. Pesol Olecha, this is on Medrash Tanchuma and Kitisa. This is the words of the uh, rabbis that, as, as the Medrash. When it, Zesh Amar um, that which the verse says in Mishlei in Proverbs 10.22, the verse says, Birkat Hashem Hi Ta'ashir. How does one become wealthy? is Birkat Hashem, when one has the blessing of God. How does the blessing of God work? Zu Birkas Elisha Bamayim. This is referring to the blessing of Elisha. We're going to read this later, in several chapters uh, farther from now, in, in when we do the second book of Kings, of the blessing that Elisha, the, the student of Elijah, gave to the water. Shomar, what did Elisha say? Ko Hashem, so says God, lo tiru ruach, lo tiru geshem. You won't see the wind, you won't see the rain, but nonetheless, this wadi will be full of water. What happened? In the morning when the, um, 
it was time for the Karba Mincha. Uh, Misha Omer Baboker, I'm going to skip that translation. Omer Rabbi Tanchuma, Rabbi Tanchuma says, How does this work? Rain poured down far away in the south, Baboker, in the morning. But the water flowed from there all the way through the wadi to the place where they were standing when it was time for the mincha offering, which was in the afternoon. So have a That's what it means that it's through the blessing of God that one gets rich. In other words, there was no miracle when Elisha said that. Elisha was saying, you don't see how God works. You don't see the wind. You don't see the rain. But there is wind and there is rain somewhere else, and that brings water to you here. That's the blessing of God. And then the verse continues, and you will no longer have sadness and pain. You didn't have to go through the rain and the wind, but nonetheless, the river filled with water. So you received the bounty that God poured somewhere else. There was no miracle that suddenly water poof came out of nowhere, but rather the God made it, it, it. The nature works in such a way that you don't see rain and you don't have that suffering, but it comes. And then if the Medrash Tanchuma continues and says, I'll bring this same uh, thing somewhere else. It is through the blessing of God that one becomes wealthy. What does that mean? This is referring to the blessing of Elijah in the household of the Tsarfit, of the woman from Tsarfat, which we are reading now today together. Shenemar, as it says, The jar of flour has, would never stop having flour in it. It's a pachat Hashem and lo chaser. And the jug of oil never was missing oil. How does that work? Says the Medrash speaking. There were many kadin, there were many jars that were full of flour from which one could fill her small jar. In other words, around and among the people at the time. And there were many that were full of flour. And it was because of that, because of the flour that was around in the other places, just like the water that fell in the other places filled the water here. There were also cotton that were around when people shared, when people worked together. That is how the blessing of God, that is how one becomes wealthy, by bringing from the places that have the resources to the places that don't, that people that have the resources share with the people that don't. And therefore, there no longer was sadness with her. Now, the reason I'm going to say now, we're going to end this particular podcast, uh, and we're going to finish the chapter 17 with 17c, and, and we can understand even more why this verse here that the Medrash Tanchuma is bringing the, uh, in reference to our story here of Eliyahu and the widow, Lo Yosif Etzev Ima, that there will no longer be added any sadness to her because it was sadness. It was sadness and despair that Eliyahu came to bring to her, to bring her out of, to teach her, no, don't despair, don't be sad by 
by people relying on each other, you will make it through this. Why do you have this blessing? Because this blessing is coming from within your home. Because you are the kind of person that shares with me. Therefore, people will share with you and you will be able to make it out just like you have now. Where? How did you get what you have now? By, work, by people working together, you will be able to keep on going. So by taking this away from a miracle, by taking the Medrashtan Chuma is telling, teaching us a tremendously powerful lesson. How is it that, that God brings, it's not through a, a miracle, it's through the way nature works. Rain falls here and flows to there. Flower is in one person's jug and it flows into another person's jug. Flower and a little cake this woman makes she can make a little bit for herself and for her son, and she could share that with Eliyahu. This is the lesson that Eliyahu is learning, and the humility that he learns from, from having to, to rely upon even the goodwill of a woman who, of such poverty, a woman living in the situation, a dire situation in which she was living. In the next paragraph, we're going to learn the depth of despair to which people can fall and the tremendous amount of power, the tremendous amount of power that comes from a person saying, no, I care about you. Even though you're just an orphan, you're just a widow, you're at the bottom rungs of society, but I, the man of God, the one who teaches the people about God, is here for you and will bring you back to life. That will be the, the next miracle, and I put that miracle in quotation marks, um, which we are going to study together when we learn 17C together. Thank you so much for studying this together. Looking forward to continuing this beautiful chapter together and, of course, this wonderful book. Have a wonderful day.